All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. My name is Jason Stradwick. I'm hosting today and uh, yesterday. Greg will be back tomorrow. Hope you're uh, feeling good. Lots of stuff coming down the pike here. Oh, my goodness. It's just like I can't keep up right now. Lots of action. Uh, coming up this hour, Dave McCarthy will join us in about 15 minutes' time. Strud's on at 3.40. And then 4 o'clock, I'm not going to say it's going to be the highlight of the show, but a very interesting interview we're going to have with Old Patrick McDonald. I don't know if he's old, actually. Sir Patrick McDonald, CBS golf writer. Um, figure out what the heck. How did this happen? How did someone who said they'd never join with Saudis and they live tour are now literally in bed with them? Not visiting, not going through the drive-thru. I'm talking they're literally in bed with live in the Saudis. You couldn't do more of a 180. In fact, such a 180 change, reversal, it's a 360, Connor. That's how much has changed. It's it's unbelievable. Hey, guys, I don't necessarily love basketball, but I could listen to Paul Sir, your previous guest, talk about basketball all day long. He is great, and I'd agree. Put your name on the text. He is absolutely fantastic. I love it when he gets on there and talks about uh, all the different goings on in the NBA, and that game three goes tomorrow night. It's going to be a big one. Can Jimmy Buckets keep him going the right direction? Keep those texts coming in the uh, Jiffy Lube inbox at 10, 12, 60. I love hearing and seeing all those things. Um, Connor, we've got um, some pizzas to give it, and we don't want to keep these things hot. They're burning me up over there at the studio. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they'll be fresh when the winners receive them eventually, but uh, you guys you guys had these pizzas. I missed out. I was off, and, you know, sucks to be me, but I'll, I'll order one. Uh, Papa John's got their new butter chicken pizza made with velvety, tangy sweet sauce and topped with juicy grilled chicken, green peppers, and onions. 
It's the large butter chicken pizza, only $19.99. And uh, hey, it's also Terrific Tuesday, so you get 50% off when you use the code word terrific. Uh, so we did it yesterday, Strutty. We'll do it again today. We're going to give away five free pizzas. Now, how do you want to do this today? Yesterday, we said, what's the unique pizza combination that you fancy? We're going to change it up a little bit today. We are. We're going to make you dig a little deeper. So we need some some real answers, right? I don't want to have generic answers. So the question is this, and I love pizza. I love it. When is the best time to have pizza? Like what, be specific, what moment, right? Like when, it's not, there's never really a bad time for pizza, but when's the time where it's just the most ideal moment to have? And I'll, I'll go first so everyone kind of gets an idea. I was at a wedding recently, Connor's wedding actually, I was invited out there and they had a, you know, a nice meal and then we, you know, had a few drinks and then later on there was a, uh, what do you call it, like a midnight meal or whatever, right? An, 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 an evening meal or something? Is that what you guys called it? What do you kids call it these days? I believe they called it a midnight snack or something. Midnight snack. There it is. It was at like 9.30, but yeah. Yeah, it was at early. It was, it was midnight Eastern time. And they rolled out this pizza that it was so delicious. And I, I'd had a few drinks, right? So I also I gathered up this pizza. Oh, man. And it was thick. It was a thick, it was a pie type pizza, not kind of your thin crust. It was absolutely delicious. So tell me or tell us at 10, 12, 60, what is the ideal time for pizza? There's no bad time, but when is the best time? Do you have one, Connor Halley? Yeah, I just want to stipulate, if anyone says any time, you're not going That's to not, win. We need not, specifics we in this what a dud. This question. You know what? For me, uh, after the bar when I was younger, pizza kind of hit differently. Like you get home and yeah. uh, depending on where you ordered from, sometimes you just get that pizza and it was absolutely perfect. But the one that I think was really good and it was probably just because you're so hungry and tired, after you help a friend move. And they're like, "Hey, oh, uh, nice. Let's uh, let's order some pizza." And like, th- th- this is a whole other topic. You should not be doing this if you're over a certain age. I'll let sure. you insert the age. But when you're, you know, in your twenties and your yeah. buddy needs help moving, you help move, and then he orders a couple pies and he's got the case of beer. I think that's elite pizza co- company. Like that's when it really hits well because you need it. You need it at that point. You do. It flushes out the system. <laughs> that's what you need. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, so I don't think you can do it, though, when you're, like you said, when you're, I think 35 is where you cut off moving people. Mm-hmm. It's just enough. It's time to move on. And, uh, you know, I did it once. My buddy Bill Russell, cheapest guy I know. And actually, I also moved, and I actually put his sod down on his yard for pizza and like three beers. God, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse. I was like, I, I'll never do it again. I will never do it again. In Strutty? Hey, guys. Yeah. Just one of that. You can't ask like more than two times either. Even if it is under the age of 35, 30, whatever yeah, it is, 100%. like everyone gets one. And then the second one, one you kind of, eh, I don't know. It's just, it's true. It's true. All right. So we got that sorted out. So keep those coming, a ton coming in at 10, 12, 60. And listening to the Greg Show is brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. I believe the lottery tonight is at $70 million. So get your tickets online today at PlayAlberta.ca. .ca. Lots of text coming in here. Lots of text here. 
Um, Saturday night after kids hockey game. It became our tradition for our family after weekly Saturday night, night late afternoon hockey games. I like that one. Friday night watching kid, a movie with the kiddos from Chris. Oh, I get down with that one. I get down with that one. Hmm. Best time for pizza is the little kid birthday pizza party. The only time they are quiet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it brings some zen for sure. Some people yeah. saying the day after, Struddy. Cold yeah. pizza, I, I, that's not my jam. Me neither. I, I don't like cold pizza. I'll eat it, but I don't like it. Guys, pizza at 2.30 a.m. when you're absolutely piled after a night <laughs> on a white app from Bruce. No, I I can't say I've ever been that guy, but I've seen some people do that. <laughs> How about this one, Strutty? You guys remember the McDonald's pizza for on the way home after the bar? Perfect yeah. size. I don't remember the McDonald's pizza, but I want it back. Yeah. Guys, best time for a nice pizza pie with the boys is right after, or when Carrie Underwood is starting to sing the Sunday night football song. Nothing better than a football Sunday pizza, boys, from Nick. I agree. I like that one. Although I believe Nick's a Broncos fan, so I bet it doesn't taste very good after about 20 <laughs> minutes. I thought well, about letting Nick be a winner, but if he's a Broncos fan, I don't know. Well, no one likes Broncos fans. Buy your own pizza, Nick. Here's a good one. This might be a winner. Guys, I got very sp- sick and spent 39 days in the ICU, then another 62 in the CK Hui Heart Center at the Royal Alex Hospital. Today, I was released. I bought 30 pizzas for all the doctors, nurses, and myself. It was the first real food I'd had in 90 days. If that's not a winner, Connor, I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, that is a winner right there. No After name there, but days, check your phone. Check your phone. Yeah, if you can get that in there. At the lake on the barbecue. Hmm. That's I'm not sure. That's I guess you can do it on the barbecue, right? Yeah, I've never never tried it though. Anytime after 10 p.m. with a couple of pops after helping a friend do some work from Brian. Boy, you're really helpful. <laughs> I got to mow my lawn. Do you want to come over here and help me do that? I'll buy a pizza for that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots coming in here. Leftover pizza reheated in the air fryer. Better than when it's fresh, apparently. My wife just got an air fryer. Or I guess we got an air fryer. Now she's putting everything in there. I think she had my cereal in there this morning. Oh. Cooking That's it. crazy. <laughs> okay, Nick says he's a Niners fan, so maybe okay. <laughs> yeah, he came back. He was pretty angry. <laughs> Niners fan. <laughs> well, I guess I'd be upset if I was a Niners fan too and their window's closing. That's clear. Oh. It's clear. Free work meeting pizza? I mean, I guess that it was kind of like last Friday when Gregor brought in the, the Papa John's, right? Yeah, that was fair. Yeah. My ideal slice is during the seventh inning stretch with the beer at the ball game from Garbage Man Brian. Yeah, I can see how you could get. That'd be good. That beer. God, that's good. A beer and a little pizza. That might be my favorite way. Just those two things. On a hot day, you know, beer is just cold enough. Whew. That's a party. How about Brett here? I have my two girls 50% of the time, so every second Friday I pick them up from school. We celebrate being back to, back together by having homemade pizza parties. Yeah, I like that. Well, I do like in a homemade pizza. I do like that too. I do like it. Obviously, this guy never has pizza. I love pizza when the Eagles are beating up on the Giants. The slice is always good. <laughs> well, not very often you're going to have it in the future, buddy. Your team's window's closing too. I think that's more emotional than fact, but... Pretty crazy. 
Well, keep those coming in. We'll pick a few out and we'll get back to you about it. Strutty. Yeah. Where's the best slice? Because you played in Chicago, you played in New York. Who is the better slice? Uh, Chicago deep dish pizza was really good. When I first met my wife, she went to the same place all the time for pizza. And uh, I wasn't really a pizza guy. Like I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I tried to eat healthy. And so one night we went out and had a few drinks and she's like, you got to try this. So sure enough, we did. And we got this deep dish pizza. It was unbelievable. So that kind of became our treat. I'm sure she was sneaking in some other bad food or not bad, but you know what I mean? Some other food and I wasn't watching, but uh, yeah, so that, that, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Actually, when we went back last year, we got it. We did it. So pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Deep dish is solid. That's good. It's like a pie. That's what yours <laughs> was at your wedding. Very, very thoughtful to have that. I love it. The midnight meal at 9.30 p.m. All right, let's duck out here really quick. When we come back, Dave McCarthy is going to help us uh, understand what happened with the three-way trade today. Why they don't happen more often? And can Florida Panthers get back in a series? 90% of the time, I believe, if you lose the first two games in Stanley Cup, you're done. That's next here on The Greg Show on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Gregor Show rolls along. My name is Jason Strutter. Hope you're having yourself a great day here. Um, big news of today, obviously, the major golf tours joined forces. European Tour along with Liv and, and uh, PGA Tour. Pretty big reversal from what was said earlier. And then in NHL, we have pretty massive game two last night that did not go the way the Florida Panthers wanted. And obviously, a big trade today. So let's get into there. See if we can uh, make some sense of it with our good friend, uh, Dave McCarthy, for the playoff report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton, Canada's number one Volvo dealership in sales. Test drive the new Volvo XC60 plug-in hybrid now, powerful and energy efficient, only at Volvo Cars, Edmonton.com. You welcome in Dave McCarthy. And Dave, last night it just felt like Florida was really never on track. What did you see from Vegas that was so difficult for Florida to handle? Well, I saw Florida get overmatched really in every facet of the game. Um, like it wasn't close. To me, um, Vegas controlled every aspect. Uh, I thought they, they were more disciplined. I thought they were more opportunistic. Uh, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They got better goaltending. Uh, their defensive coverage was better. Uh, they took advantage on special teams more effectively. Um, really, uh, that, that to me is, is what I saw. And I think for Florida right now, um, the best thing I can hope for is that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas because whatever that was that we saw in games one and two, they better leave that there and get back to the team that we saw really for the, the last 12 games prior to the Stanley Cup final, where I thought they did a really good job of playing within themselves, playing their style. Uh, being physical, but keeping it under control, not getting carried away, getting elite goaltending, um, and getting opportunistic scoring and, and not turning pucks over that puts them in bad positions. So you know, I was complete dominance by Vegas, really, the first two games. And um, I, I would suggest that that's uh, pretty discouraging uh, if you're Florida. But, like, I, I don't know about you, Strutty. It, 10 days off between games at this time of the year. Like, were you ever in a position like that during your career? Because it almost seems to me really difficult to, to fire it back up. It almost seems like a new season. Like, that's got to be really difficult, isn't it? 
I you know, Dave, oh. I actually did have it. I did have it. I had 120 days off one time, most most years because I didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> so I, I just sat there and looked around and tried to try to look busy. Um, I, I, you know what? I think you're right. I think there's part of that that, that that's there. Um, I, I wondered too, like it, it, the. The two big parts that I think when I think of Florida, they were very structured. They were in the right place. Their goaltending was strong. And then Kachuk and Bennett seem to have a pretty big, and Gudis, have a big impact physically. And I think that helped them kind of generate momentum within a game. That hasn't worked. You know, Vegas looks so big out there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's been some good hits, like Jack Eichel. They hit last night Jack Eichel by Kachuk. That's one of the, that's one, maybe the hardest one we've seen all playoffs. But they jump up and they just keep going. So I... I don't. I wonder, like you know, Florida's probably thinking, okay, well, we're trying. You know, our goaltender hasn't, you know, maybe nothing's been bad, but he he hasn't, you know, got us over the top every game. Then we got the physical part, but it's not bothering these guys. What what do we kind of got left that we hang our hat on? Yeah, there's not a lot right now. Like I'm not going to say that it's it's all Bobrovsky's fault. That would be foolish. The no, defensive no, zone no. coverage, um, and I know you're not saying that either. Um, but but like the defensive zone coverage in front of them left a lot to be desired, put it that way, right? Like um, on the one goal, Casey Fitzgerald backs off, um, you know, and and the guy is able to – it looks like he's going behind the net, and instead he walks right in front of the net, across the crease, and and jams it in. You know, there's not a lot lot you can do on on a play like that. Um, You know, the the Marshall goal to, to open the score was on the power play, uh, the Alec Martinez goal that made a 2 nothing seem kind of like a broken play where the initial shot went into the corner, but then everybody just stood around. Vegas retrieves the puck, puts it out in front, and, and Martinez uh, walks right in. Um, you know, the goal, the goal late where uh, Eichel uh, in the third period make it 5-1 um, after getting deck, comes back, fights off Mahara on the rush, you know, shows patience, finds, finds March or so. Um, you know, the, the 4 nothing goal, Stone makes an unbelievable play. After they kind of got running around in their own end a little bit, Vegas. Um, Stone gets a stick from the bench, makes an unbelievable play, and Howden's able to walk right in. Like, there's not a lot you can hang your hat on right now because there's, there's nothing really that I could take, certainly from game two, where you're like, okay, some mistakes here, but look, we were good in that fast of the game. Like, it was complete dominance from start to finish, so... Um, I really do think they just have to try to leave what happened in the first two games in Vegas um, and, and get back to to the type of play that they, they played really from from game, what, four of game five of the uh, first round um, through to game one of the Stanley Cup finals. So, uh, look, they say you're never in trouble until you lose at home. But I don't know. I might amend that statement because Florida looks like they're in trouble after games one and two. Yeah, it's really rough. Joined by Dan McCarthy from Sirius XM talking all things game two and this of the Stanley Cup final. Um, Jack Eichel, what what is what is this going to mean for him? And I'm I'm going to assume that they win this. Maybe not in four, but they win it. What does this do for him? Well, it's a good question because look, when he came into the league. Uh, he came in with the expectations of a guy that's going to save a franchise. And nothing really happened in Buffalo at all. They never even got close to making the playoffs. Um, and then a lot of that, that uh, disappointment and lack of success 
fell on Jack Eichel. But let's look at it reasonably. They didn't really give much of a team. Like, there really wasn't a lot going on around Jack Eichel. It's not, it's not the National Basketball Association, right, Strutty? You can't drop, you know, LeBron James on your team and then suddenly you go from terrible to making the playoffs. It just doesn't work that way in the NHL. So, um, you know, I think Jack unfairly got, point, uh, got painted with a lot of, um, you know, negativity, a bit of a malcontent at times, which I always find really entertaining from people who haven't gone within 10 miles of a locker room. Suddenly you know that what's going on behind closed doors, the guy's a mal. Like, come on. And the guy wanted to win, and I think he got frustrated um, at times. Like, I'll draw, I'll draw a comparison to uh, another example from a different sport. Remember in, uh, in 2014, I think it was, in, in baseball with the Blue Jays, where they looked like they were chugging away and, and it looked like they wanted some help and, and earned some help at the deadline. And, and Alex Anthopoulos that year didn't do anything at the deadline. And Jose Bautista came out, and it was in Houston that year, uh, just before or just as the deadline passed. And he, he kind of went off and said, like, we, we deserve some help here. Like, he didn't get us anybody. And, yeah, did he sound like a bit of a malcontent? Sure, but I get what he was saying. Like, man, we're in the race. Get us some help. Um, and, and, and I like that attitude. Was he whining and bitching and moaning? Well, sure he was, but it's because he wanted to win. And I think later in his tenure in Buffalo, that's what was happening with Jack Eichel. It's like, like, what are we doing here? Like, I can't do it all on my own. The guy played well up until he got hurt. Um, and, and then things went, went sideways. So um, now that he finally has gotten his chance in the playoffs, he's really delivered. Like, he has played really, really well, and I think he's, he's certainly within the top two or three choices right now for a Conn Smythe trophy. Um, and it would be interesting if he ends up winning a Stanley Cup before a guy like Connor McDavid or before a guy like Austin Matthews, even though they may have had more um, immediate personal success, I guess, right? Um, but, but I think it goes to show you in Vegas, like, he's not expected to be – the guy come hell or high water to drag Vegas, um, he's, he's looked at as a guy that's expected to play a role, a big role, but a role, um, because they've got Mark Stone playing a role, and Jonathan March is still playing a role, and Riley Smith playing a role, and the fourth line's playing a role, um, and their, their D is, is really solid, and they're getting good goaltending. And when you put all those pieces together – then that's where the greatness of a guy like Jack Eichel can really rise to the fore. So I think it'll, it'll change the opinions um, of a lot of people about what Jack Eichel is all about and, and the nonsense that you can't win with that guy. Come on, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can, but you've got, you got to build out a better team around him. Yeah, it's not it's not basketball. You can have one guy and then him expect him to do it all, but he's, I think his legacy is changing evolving every day um let's switch gears here and talk about the big trades here. a bit of a surprise I, I don't know that you know often tr big trades this big kind of happen during the Stanley cup final but columbus philly la kings kings get cap space philly gets draft capital and columbus gets uh you know a, a d-man what do you make of this pretty significant trade for all three teams <laughs> I, I think it was a a productive trade for all three teams, like and that. and a lot of the individual a lot of the individuals involved in the trade. 
Um, it, it seems like the Los Angeles Kings want to make a bid to keep uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. I think they liked him, so they needed some money. Um, I don't think Cal Peterson was going to be in their plans next year. So to have five sheets either wearing a baseball cap or buried in the <laughs> minors right. is not ideal. Um, so they're able to divest themselves of, of his contract. Um, so that puts them in a good position from a cap standpoint because they're looking for cap space to add to their team. They're in a, a position where they're trying to contend. Um, so good on the part of, of L.A. I think for Sean Walker heading to Philadelphia, he would kind of slipped a little bit on their depth chart. I mean, the poor guy just went through outrageous injuries two and three years ago. And in, in being out for that amount of time, he slipped a bit. Um, and and was was like I said lower on their depth chart. He's going to be a free agent this time next year. He's 28 years old, so he doesn't want to be a, a six seven guy where he's in the lineup some nights, not other nights. Like he wants to play, put himself in a good position. I think he's a good player, so he's going to get minutes in Philadelphia. It's going to be good for him individually, and they're going to get a nationally caliber body that can can eat up some minutes. Um, and and um, in in Philadelphia as well, I think they're entering into a period where, at least for maybe a year or two, like they need to inject some youth into that lineup, some elite-level youth. The only way you do that is to draft it. So they pick up uh, a first-round pick this year. They pick up a couple of second-round picks. They'll be able to put some, some interesting prospects into their system, which they're going to need to do. So that works out well. And then I think from Columbus's standpoint, um, you, you don't go out and sign Johnny Gaudreau and re-up with Patrick Laine and be content with finishing in a bottom five of the league. Like, that was an unmitigated disaster for Columbus last year. Now, a lot of guys got hurt for significant periods of time, and if that hadn't have happened, maybe their season turns out a little bit differently. But... Let's be honest. I think their roster still needs to be upgraded. So now they add um, Ivan Provorov, which you have to think there was, you know, maybe a memo or two that might have got passed uh, through Mike Babcock's desk. You know, ask uh, is this guy good? Is this guy good player? You know, can you uh, do real good things with this guy? Show up real pro every day. I, I think that probably happened, and I think Babs, you know, likes what he sees in, in Provorov. So now you look at Columbus, Struddy, I think their blue line could stand to be a strength of their team. When Zacharensky gets back, you add Provorov to that mix. Volkvist is a quality young player. Jake Bean's a quality young player. Andrew Peak is a guy that they, they uh, have some, some high hopes for. Um, and Good Branson's kind of like that veteran father figure, physical, you know, number six type guy, kills penalties. I, I think that could be a strength. And, and, and reading what Jarmo Kekalainen had to say today, he said they're not done. They're going to go out and continue to try to upgrade the roster because they want to be in a position uh, to contend. You don't, you don't sign Johnny Gaudreau, re-up with Patrick Laine, and bring in you know, Babs if you are interested in finishing last in the league. So I think it's a deal that, quite honestly, works out well for, for all three teams and, and honestly all parties individually uh, involved in the trade. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how that, that all shakes out. I think everyone kind of got the business done they need to get done. 
and and I don't know that anyone dramatically overpaid or stole anything. I think it was all pretty fair. But I love your way you talk about the defense for Columbus because I think now you can look at it. You know, you, you talked about Peak, you talked about Rorensky injured. Um, now Provorov, Boquist. You know, you're getting from Gabranson. You know, and these types of guys. The the real question for me is who are they going to be their centermen? And I think yeah. that is that's a huge huge thing. You know, can do they slide Kent Johnson to center? Can Cole Sillinger take a you know a bit of a step forward after a bit of a step back last year? Like, I just don't you know who's Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Laine going to play with? Do you have any insight into that? Well, I, I think it's a hole that they need to address. Um, it would be nice if Cole Sillinger could step into one of those holes, but um, look, I, I think he was in the league too early. Quite honestly, he was he was okay as an eighteen year old, but. I just think you really have to be careful who you're jamming in as an 18-year-old. And I, I think they they put him in a little too early, um, you know, and he he didn't really develop. Like when, you, when you're in the league as an 18-year-old and you're not Connor McDavid or, or Austin Matthews, like you're in survival mode, right? You're, you're, you're trying not to make mistakes because you don't want to be sat on the bench the next shift if you turn the puck over. So you're not – trying something that you you might normally try at a different level as a result your game kind of plateaus um and and doesn't reach its full potential so i think that's kind of what happened to an extent last year and then the team was no good so you know he ended up getting caved in a little bit um you come into this year like you're not putting him in in pen for what you're expecting out of him i still think you're in hope mode with cole sillinger and look the one thing about Babs that he's really good at doing is is bringing bringing and, and some people will scoff at this, but like I, I watched it firsthand, he's really good at bringing young players along well, where he's not putting too much responsibility on them, and he puts them in position to succeed. Austin Matthews, his first year in Toronto, the guy was the third line center for most of the year. He scored forty goals. But he didn't take on heavy matchups defensively. He didn't put him in position, in other words, to get caved in. Um, right. So he brought him along really well. Morgan Riley, same thing. He didn't put him in positions to get caved in. He didn't worry about the power play. He didn't worry about the penalty kill. It's just play your game five on five against a competition that I think you can handle. And Morgan Riley turned out real well. So I think Babs will really help some of those younger players. Um, but in saying all that, which is something that Bob says all the time, um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going to need to go outside of their organization, I think, and add a center. Because, like, Boone Jenner is a really quality player, but I think he's, like, a, a, a good two, maybe an outstanding three. Sean Corrali is, a, is an outstanding four. Uh, Jack Roslovic, yeah. like, I don't know right now. Like, I don't see him as a – a, a top six guy um and i certainly don't see a number one center there so that's tough because they don't grow on trees um but i think they need to go out and try and find a way to add a top six center into the mix to to really sort of space out their depth chart properly and make sure that nobody's in a position where um they can't they can't handle the minutes Absolutely. Listen, getting a lot of love for your Mike Babcock invitation, so well done there, buddy. And uh, thanks for this. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Do you think we're still talking about uh, the Stanley Cup final not being decided yet when we talk to you next week? Mm, 
Okay, so what? Game three is Thursday. Game four is Saturday. Game five would be what? Monday or Tuesday next week? In other yes. words, is it not a sweep? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Florida might get one on home ice, but I yeah. could see this ending in five. I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Thanks for this, uh, Dave. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Reddy. Great stuff. That was the uh, plant report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Let's duck out here really quick. And when I come back, Strud's on. I'm going to get into something that's changing. This playoffs is changing someone. And I think it is huge for him and his legacy. That's next on The Gregor Show on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Welcome back to The Jason Gregor Show. My name is Jason Strader. Hope you're having yourself a great day here. Listening to TSN 1260. Keep the text coming at 10-1260. Let's uh, get into a little something we like to call Strud's On now, Connor. Struddy, let's do it. Strud's On, as always, brought to you by GS Construction. They believe in supporting the community and are big sponsors of the Kid Sport Kevin Lowe Roast this Friday. They wonder if CEO Terrence Sandwich's NHL career was shorter than Lowe's coaching career, GS Construction. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds on the Giants 2022 season. I like you just like, hey, so you're going, uh, going down on your own team? Yeah, I am. Jed Roberts. That's a man, you know, like a thick man, man piece of man meat. <laughs> Trimming bushes. Listen, I'm not a, a bush trimmer per se, but I find I like using an electrical one because it's more consistent, right? You can keep it going. Mm. That's the thinnest bush that I've ever seen. It's like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree over there. Uh, Sad little but, bush. Uh, nuts in his rack. I should have bought a compartment for nuts. Just put nuggets in my rack and snuggle it, or snut snuggle. <laughs> snuggle it. Smuggle nuts in my rack into the games. Can you imagine? <laughs> We're going to have to ask you to leave it to Strudwick. You know you have nuts in your rack. <laughs> Be crazy. It's time for Struds On. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel was always in a tough spot, right? You get drafted. Where he did, you know, it's it, you, you're, you, you want to have the best uh, of intentions. But, you know, it's everyone's talking about this guy or that guy, and, and that guy happens to be Connor McDavid, and you're kind of figured out where do I fit in. In uh, that draft, you know, 2015, there's Conor McDavid one, Eichel two. Then you got Dylan Strome, Mitchell Marner, who is just beloved by the Leafs fans. Noah Hannafin, you know, Provorov, who was just traded today. Uh, ironically, he and Zdeno Renske have drafted back to back, seven eight, so they'll be teammates now. Miko Ranson, who has been had a really good career. Um, you know, Kyle Connor, another guy who's had a really good career. You know, so it's not like Jack has had a bad run, but you're trying to figure out where, and Sebastian Ajo, I should say, also at 35. So, quite a bit of change, but you know, I think he was always kind of tied to Connor McDavid. His time in Buffalo would say, I would say at best, it's been it was um, frustrating. I think at worst, it was just you know, really, really, really bad for for him and the team, and anyways, he moves on and goes to, to Vegas, and he arrives there, and people are like, okay, what does this guy got, you know, what is it, how's the neck going to be, how's he feeling? All these things you're trying to figure out. And he, in the middle of all that, he comes to a team that has high expectations for winning Stanley Cup. Never played in the playoffs before this year. He has never seen it, a playoff game before, till this year. So what is that? That's six, seven years. 
Uh, now, not every year he played full games. There was obviously COVID in there and all that stuff. But and let's call he played 400 NHL games and no no playoff games till this year. First time at 26 he goes in the playoffs. How's he going to do? What's he going to be like? He's the number one center. Is he going to be able to carry that team? Well, I tell you what, I think he's done unbelievably well. 22 points in 19 games. Um, he's confident with the puck. He's been good defensively. Uh, he's taken some really hard hits. Obviously, the one last night by Kachuk was really, really hard. Uh, but he's done so many things right. Setting up his teammates, setting up, you know, just, just doing everything right. I believe that this is changing and cementing his legacy as an NHL player. I really do believe that. I think that what he's done here is going to change how he's perceived around the league by not only his peers, but by fans and by management. And, 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 and you know, those everyone involved in the game will now see Jack Eichel in a different light. Go back to a couple of years ago, even last year when he played, you know, 34 games for them and he had 25 points. Um, you know, it's okay, but that's not worth $10 million. But now you've got a guy who had a point a game this year, is doing more than a point a game in his playoff series or playoff first playoff run and he's been worth every single dime every dime that they paid for him i really believe that and he is doing exactly what they needed they needed a guy to be a number one center they didn't feel they had one bang there he is all of a sudden he's in there and he's making it happen so very impressed with him and i'm telling you everyone this is going to change and cement his legacy from now out you win a stanley cup as a number one center you are viewed differently Three years left on his contract. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen that time, but I believe that he's done an amazing job, and I'm, I'm both impressed and surprised at what he's been able to do, Connor Halley. That's Strud's on, brought to you by GS Construction. They believe in supporting the community and our big sponsors of the Kids Sport, Kevin Lowe Roast, this Friday, and still wondering, was CEO Transcend was NHL career shorter than Lowe's coaching career, GS Construction. Uh, Struddy, yeah, I mean... It's interesting, right? Because those times in Buffalo, hard to judge him. Like, obviously, he wasn't playing with the most talent and uh, coming into the NHL and, and not seeing much improvement year by year. Like, his first three years, their win total decreased. And it jumped up, and then it went decreased again for the next couple of years. Like, things just weren't going in the right direction. He obviously had the, the injuries, and he, he obviously needed a change of scenery and going to Vegas I mean I remember when the trade happened it was like oh of course it's Vegas going out there and making another move to bring in a top talent and it's good to see I mean there might be some bad blood in the mouth for the people that remember uh, the series against the Oilers and don't want don't want to see him or the Vegas Golden Knights have success but uh, you know what he's been able to do it's been fantastic and you just knew he was itching to get into the playoffs 26 years old makes his debut he's been a point over a point a game player and you're right, Stratty. I think the narrative with Jack Eichel is certainly changing on the national scene. I'm, I bet the people who are diehards and watched him knew how good he was and what he can do, and maybe they aren't too surprised. But uh, the casuals around the continent, I think, uh, pretty eye-opening what he's been able to do so far. It's been amazing. And I don't think he's going to win the uh, Conn Smythe. No. I'm thinking that he's probably at best third behind Aiden Hill and uh, March or so. so I th- but it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. Right. I think we got to be careful. Like he, he's put himself in that conversation, and it's been very, very impressive. And I, for one, have been really, really impressed with him. And you know what? I love when people can change their narrative. I think back to Yarmir Jagger. He changed it as well. I think he changed what people believe in him, and I think this will be the similar type situation for that. All right, let's set Duck out here. We have a, a, a guest you do not want to miss 
coming back uh, just after 4 o'clock here. We're going to be talking about Live PGA Tour Marriage with Patrick McDonald from CBS Sports Golf. We'll get to that and more after the 4 o'clock hour, including Eric Stevens. But right now, let's take a break. And a sports update brought to you by MC Dispatch. It's locally owned and operated by uh, operated. Same-day curry company. They can deliver any size package that requires a bike messenger, all the way up to 53-foot trailers. MCDispatch.com.